0: RSVP music chat number six and a new musical intro courtesy of our special guest I'm John Sinkovich
1: hey yeah this is uh, Ralston
0: and we've got a special guest in our studio we're actually in a special place as well we're at Goon Lagoon Studios here in Grand Rapids with Dominic John Davis here in the studios uh, you are here actually helping out uh, Jesse Ray and the Carolina Catfish with their new recording project at Tommy Schickel's Goon Lagoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, you're also here in town this weekend uh, to sort of back Joshua Davis on his album release tour.
2: Yep, this weekend and last weekend. We played at the Ark and at Brewery last weekend.
0: And... So- for people who don't know your journey, you've been through a lot. You you're from Michigan, you relocated to Nashville, you of course have played with a lot of people, everybody from Jack White to Buddy Miller. I guess for people who are tuning into this podcast for the first time, you know, how do you what's your reaction to what happened in Nashville? How do musicians, I mean, is there a good and the bad of being in Nashville? The the the, the or scene, an ugly. The ugly. Well, but, yeah. I've
2: been lucky just because I've you know I've known Jack for a long time and was working down there before I moved there and then somehow just fell in with Buddy Miller kinda because Fats Kaplan who plays with Jack also plays with Buddy but then you know it's one of those I don't know I'm definitely lucky so I don't know that anybody else can move to Nashville and do what I did so and that's what a lot of people write me and say hey how do we get into the studio scene and blah 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 you know I have no clue how it happened for me and honestly right now it's a little slow and I don't know how to make it not slow it just kind of comes and goes. I was telling Ralston earlier, it just seems like a lot of times it's just timing. Everybody asks for the same weekend, and then suddenly, you know. Sure. Yeah, you just kind of got to.
0: So if you were going to make a recommendation to a musician from Michigan, there's a lot going on here in West Michigan. That's why Ralston and I do this thing. We right. talk about a lot right. of issues having to do with West Michigan's music scene. Would yeah. you recommend going to Nashville? I mean, well, I know, you know a lot of people to move Nashville down to there. to
2: Nashville to play, for sure. I don't know about moving there. Although, if you're going to travel a lot and you're not, you know, it doesn't matter where you live. You can just stay here. Well, you could just stay here, but a lot of stuff happens there. Yeah. I mean you can't play around town or play around Tennessee and make a lot of money and make a living even. But when you're playing a gig, you know like uh, Rachel and I were playing at the Stone Fox, this place that we recently closed, but it was it's not like a prestigious gig. And Dave Leonard, this engineer who happened to record Purple Rain, and uh, all of John K. camp albums, and all, and you know he so, sees so people me, passing through. He no, he lives there. He sees me recording with Rachel, and he asked me to play Brian Setzer's album. I mean, like that's just kind of how it happens. Yeah. there. So, you know, you play gigs because that's what we do, but it doesn't necessarily sustain you there. You know. Yeah. And Rachel now, we we do play gigs a lot just because we have to, because that's what we do. But <laughs> uh, she's getting a lot more session work and doing a lot more stuff down there too which is for cool. those of
0: might not know Rachel Davis and Dominic John Davis are of course a married couple and uh, living in Nashville I guess from the standpoint of what's happening from afar now you can see what's happening in the music scene you still keep really in close touch with a lot of people here in Michigan you're playing with Joshua you yeah. used to be in stepping in it um, what's your view of what's happening here now and, and whether or not people people should be excited about what's I happening I think people
2: should be excited there's a lot going on here and a lot of stuff has changed you know the seven steps Up wasn't even a venue when I was living here you know there's like a lot of things right. lot of things popping up even the pyramid scheme wasn't really it was just getting on its feet um it just seems like a lot of people are doing a lot of cool stuff here so the one thing here it's hard is people get stuck here you know and i don't know if that's a bad thing but people
1: don't get stuck in nashville
2: well people can get stuck but what i mean is like if you're gonna drive to marquette let's say you're in a band for kalamazoo you're gonna drive to marquette you might as well drive to louisville and play some shows too Mm -hmm. you know what i mean that's what i'm always trying to tell young bands like hit chicago hit indianapolis hit toledo hit or hit every major city because it kind of we saw that with Stephanie <clears throat> where you're playing like kind of in the middle of nowhere playing a lot of barns that's cool but it kind of has a, a ceiling there that goes away quickly you know so yeah. so cross the state line or just just major markets yeah. and ticketed shows you know like the concerts in the park and everything are great but it, it, if you really want to do it you got to something kinda, that
1: I, somebody just paid, posted they were talking about the the, the idea of ticketing shows Uh, They they were asking, or or even door uh, door collection. Right. Like, say, if you show up, should the person at the door be able to determine whether or not they let somebody in
2: if there's, if there's 10 people at your show, they should let everybody in. That's right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's, that's what, what I'm, I'm thinking. From. Yeah. Because so, they,
1: they want them to be at the bar or whatever it is. To okay. Be. All right.
2: <laughs> but what I mean by ticketed shows, like, if you're going to, you know, the ARC for us, with stepping in it very early on, the ARC was the first proper ticketed show we did. Mm. So they sold them ahead of time. They were sold to Ticketmaster. And then you could start building numbers. If you start selling tickets at the ARC, you could go somewhere else because you're worth a certain amount of tickets. And that's mm. kind of what you need to do everywhere. You, you know, have to think...
0: set an example that people can base what they're seeing exactly. from you. Yeah, it's, well, value, it's market valuation, really, mm-hmm.
2: and it, and it's a hard thing. Cause we're talking about art here and art and commerce but, that where they meet, it's always a weird intersection. You know, do you think but
1: there's a ceiling for on, on the ticketing thing because not kind on, of, it on the ticketing thing, of, on the
2: non-ticketing thing, there's uh, a ceiling. If you're playing all the concerts in the park and things, and people don't get used to paying to see you. Right, then you might not. And I say that as Rachel and I do a lot of those, just because they're fun and.
1: Is there saturation people. into the market? That's the
2: problem, yeah, right. in right. Michigan, I think. We kind of, with Josh, we see that a little bit because we want to play all these cool shows, but Kalamazoo and Grand Rapids are very close together, you know.
1: And then if you're seeing them for, for free, uh, then exactly. the ticket price. Yeah. But then you get the people who will come and they it's, they say, you know, it's $120 to go see this particular act. Right. And, you know, they, the week before or... Two weeks before, they were in another town on the other side of the state. Right, and it was twenty-five bucks.
2: Right. Well, that's another thing. You got you can't do that. Right. The arc. I mean, and the arc was a good for us. It was like our first real show. Our first, you know, I'm talking about stepping in years ago. Our first sure, sit-down sure. show, our first ticketed show. And they kind of told us how it was done, you know. And that's you really gotta you charge the same amount everywhere and hope for the best. We so. talk
0: about saturation, and I see it with bands all the time, especially when you've got a scene that's sort of developing and you've got more venues. How, how easy is it to play too many times and too too frequently and, and in different venues in the same city
2: it's true yeah and then, you know there's something there's there's i mean stepping in it played every monday for 13 years and so we couldn't really do anything else in Lansing right I mean, we would do the creole gallery or something every year once a year or something like that but that but that also sustained us so it's kind of a you know there are no rules things are changing now
1: so. but there were there, there are artists that are like that in in Nashville too, they're like a regular at a certain certain place, like sure. the Station Inn. You can go. That's every... a
2: little different though, because Nashville is kind of what you have to do there, because mm-hmm. nobody makes any money playing gigs. Or, you know, it's like a tip jar situation, kind of. So you, it's so all, all tips. Almost always. Really? Yeah. No or, I mean the, the Broadway thing, like going downtown. Rachel and I played the Bluebird. It's a ticketed thing. Right. Or uh, yeah, yeah. Nashville's it's unique.
0: So the ways. tip jar. So you get. I mean, this is literally a way that people make money.
2: In Nashville, yes. Yeah, I mean, I I don't do that, but a lot of people do the Broadway thing. They're four-hour gigs with no break, and it's tip jar only.
1: Those are the ones you see in the in, in the windows. And yes, it's, exactly. And it's pouring out on the streets. Yeah. yeah,
2: Layla's and Roberts and the Acme Feed and Seed, all those down there. So.
0: Well, we were just talking about this uh, before we went uh, started the podcast about how album sales are so low these days. It's really difficult to you, true. You know, get. The, the kind of sales that everybody used to enjoy back in the heyday of rock and roll. That's and,
2: true, yeah. You know. Well, although it's changing, I mean, one one thing people are saying is streaming is getting so, it's exponentially growing, so maybe one day the revenue there will be the same. But the problem there is the technology is worth more than the music. That's the big problem. Hmm. So Spotify is worth all this money. Right but they're not paying artists. No. It's the technology, it's the platform that's worth all the money, not the... And you know, it's sort of our fault. We, we If we saw there was a bunk deal, we shouldn't have signed up for it in the first place. But now we're kind of stuck in that model.
1: But then you so, got you got clubs like Club Passim that will yes. stream and then they can sign up. Sure. It's kind of like the Stage It or things yeah, like that. Yeah, Concert that, Window, yeah. yeah we do that, that with stuff? Josh a lot. Yeah. Is that happening in Nashville then too? Or that's um, not really... Not
2: so much. Yeah, I mean, some people like Music City Roots. It's uh-huh. like a radio and TV show. Right. They, uh,
1: but that's just free, right? You don't really like.
2: Yeah, that is just free. But they also, they're very cool in that they give it to you, okay. they give you native files, and you can do anything you want with them. Okay. So then you have this video that you could use for whatever. You know, yeah. nowadays you need so much content. It's like, it's ridiculous. So. So
0: you, as a musician in 2017, have to juggle a lot of different projects to make it. I mean, it's how true. would you describe what it is that you have to do in order to to Man, do this full-time? Man, it really,
2: I've been joking with people lately that my Christmas ulcer <laughs> is throbbing. <laughs> or like I was getting some Christmas boxes out of the basement, and I, asked Rachel, I told her, you know, I know I put my Christmas ulcer in this box, in one of these boxes. <laughs> uh, it's impossible. I mean, it really is like, I was telling Ralston, you know, I, I haven't been super busy, and then someone asked me for a gig, uh, a buddy asked me for something like NPR taping at the end of March, and that's like the only gig I have between now and March. No
0: kidding. But of
2: course he asked for the same weekend, and that's just the way it goes. A lot of times it's more of the timing than anything else that kills you, you know. So, but it is a lot of juggling and a lot of, you know, nowadays it's so strange, just uh, I do it's interesting. So, we're, we're doing it somehow, but. Yeah, because
0: artists come to me all the time, and they say, "Well, you know, they want to get to that next level." That's always seems. Well, to what be level the same. is there? Right. Exactly, How many levels we, are there? And it seems yeah. like I don't even know what that means anymore. Yeah. Well,
2: and it's changing by the week. I mean, I know some major artists that are, you know, like our album might come out in July or it might come out in April. You know what? Let's put it out in April because we don't know what's going to change between April and July. That's so, are
1: label's still it. calling a lot of the shots when it comes to this. Or I not? think so.
2: Yeah, yeah, some of them. Yeah.